Right, are you ready for our first remote podcast then? I am, son. Let's go then. We seem very enthused. I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> I am recording, you're right. No, you're you right. always are. Okay, <laughs> right. Be careful how I come on here. <laughs> Hello and welcome to It's In The Genes podcast, a podcast by The Digital Gene. My name is Declan. And my name is Sharon. And we're a mum and son duo and directors from The Digital Gene. How are you? I'm okay. It's a strange question to ask me, seeing as I talk to you every day. I know, we do, and we. I suppose it feels a bit weird that we're recording remotely now as well, doesn't it? It does, but I quite like it. I do. Technology, I I really like the fact that, you know, so many things don't have to stop. I know. Well, we're going to get into all of People have realised how amazing technology is and that, you know, you can still get on with very many aspects of your business, of your working life. Yeah, definitely. So when did we last do? We did. I think we last did a podcast about a month ago when I was just oh, before. Oh, it was my birthday. Oh, yeah. So it is around a month. It's my birthday. Um, it so when I came back to came back to Leeds. So, so that's what, the last time I actually saw you in person. It's only a month, Mum. I think you can call. It's a long time. It's a long time. So what have you been up to? How's life? What are you doing? What are you watching? What am I watching? Um, just started Gangs of London. Oh. <laughs> because you bought the entertainment pack on um, Package Pack on Now TV now, haven't you? So I've upgraded from um, All My Housewives, which I've been really disappointed about because how dare they go on a summer... Oh, no. It's in terrible, there? isn't in, it? In the, middle, in the middle of lockdown. I know. Beverly Hills that, and New York. Uh, is that because they were filming just as... No, they lockdown? were... They were. Oh, God, no, they filmed ages ago. They were behind on editing due to lockdown, so they've had to catch up. So I was really disappointed because, as you know, they're my, they're my faves go-to chills on, like, a Friday night, Saturday morning when I'm kicking back and relaxing after my working week. Mm. Um, so I was really, really disappointed. Um, so, but I, we're back to that old scenario your dad and I were laid in bed last night getting ready to watch episode two of Gangs of London. And um, I said to him, what did we just finish at the weekend on, on Amazon? We both laid in bed looking at each other. <laughs> we're both gone. No idea. What did you just Literally. finish? Can't remember. And then we did remember. And now I've forgotten again. Now I know you could say that's the old brain cells there. When you used to say to me, come on, mum, come on, get the wheels going, get the wheels going. It's it? funny, I never forget anything about work. Absolutely. To the minute detail at work, aren't I? Mm-hmm. As soon as it's anything, I suppose it's because I'm not, because for that very reason, I am relaxed when I'm watching these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I perhaps, I really enjoy them in the moment, but the minute you ask me, what was it about or... What did you watch on Amazon? I can't remember. I really, really can't remember. Um, No. And then somebody on LinkedIn just told me last night that there's a great sci-fi. She reckons one of the best sci-fi TV programs ever made called The Expanse. Oh, yeah. That's on Amazon. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, yeah. And. This this girl that I'm connected to on there, who, who I don't really know other than just a, a LinkedIn connection, she was raving about it last night. So I'm like, right, that's one on my to to do list. But obviously, the politicians back as well, isn't it? Yeah, on um, Netflix. So that's on my list. Your dad seems to think he watched that last time, I season one. But I can tell you now, categorically, your dad didn't watch that. Your hair's looking a bit like Bette Midler's hair in this second series. Don't talk about the hair oh not long now not long now obviously 
I normally have very, very short hair. If anybody knows me or anybody looks at any of the photographs that I've got spread around social media, you will see that for very many years I have had extremely short hair. And so for me not to have had my hair cut since February the 11th is a massive deal. I was obviously due another haircut. It's normally four to six weeks. I was obviously due another haircut as we went into the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So we're now at what, June 23rd. So my hair, I can't even begin to go there. I've realised I actually had a conversation, and I know that I'm looking at you now on the on the Zoom video deck and you look a bit bored, but I can't <laughs> begin. Any Any women listening to this, do we actually know the difference between – who watches, who, sorry, who listens to the podcast? Do you get that sort of demographics on, on your... Not on ours at the minute, no. <laughs> um, my hair defines me as a person. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. God, I was realized, so I, I was actually sat chatting to your grandma last night, and I said to her, what are the bits that you really, really like about yourself? So she was listening. She said, what are the bits that you really like about yourself? And I said, my hair, I've realised, Mum, that my hair is what defines me. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since I went grey, and the and obviously I know a few times in there I've been pink as well, but the amount of comments that I get about my hair and being grey and just everything, it, it, it's everything about me. So I don't, I don't mind that I've put the COVID stone on, as they call it. <laughs> That's what your dad's told me it's called is it is it the covid stone the covid stone oh, i feel yeah. as if that's what we've all put on haven't we all these cakes and charcuterie and whatever in lockdown and obviously wine and beer um i'm rambling now but yes I my hair defines say, me. come on we've had nearly three minutes my of hairdresser hair. is coming very very soon <laughs> and honestly she can't come quick enough and i'm probably going to kneel down at her feet when she's finished okay or i'll give her a tip yeah. one or the other well, um, obviously, we've been—it's been nearly a month since we recorded, and we don't really want to have a gap this long again. But there's been lots happening: lockdowns lifting, um, the shops are reopening. Which, to me, when I walked through Leeds, I felt, you know, as long as we've got the balance, got the balance of opening up safely, to see some of the streets busy again and people out spending money for me, felt it was just so good to see. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I've just heard on the local news that um, Eldon Square in Newcastle and the Metro Centre in Gateshead have said they might not be able to open back up properly. Right. Ever? Well, they're, they're actually in dire straits financially, opening or not. The whole, Eldon, the whole of Eldon Square? That's a snippet. The companies that own Elgin Square yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. that's a snippet by from, from from the news that is your grandma. Right. I haven't actually qualified that news myself. Um, she just came in before we started uh, recording and said that she'd seen something on the local news. So I will have to qualify that later. But I do think um, economically the worst is yet to come. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm also a bit concerned that um, locally I've seen, and rightfully so, I've le- seen lots of businesses prepping to get back open and they've been uh, renovating and refreshing and decorating and all those sorts of things. Um, but I'm also concerned that they're going to take their eye off the ball and forget about any potential work that they did online. Um, because I, I always go on about it. If if you're not bricks and clicks, as they say, mm-hmm. if you're not that, then that's where you're going to have problems. You know, the wonderful combination of having a great experience or a great pickup store, you know, where you can click and collect from or and having that, you know, carried over into the fact that you can get orders online. If people, if businesses aren't doing both of those things, then that's when they're going to run into problems. Mm-hmm. You can't do one or the other anymore. Um, even you know, even um, businesses that have purely been online have had problems, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and not just now, not just not just through this pandemic, but you know, I always say it's 
it's that age-old um, phrase of putting all of your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And, you know, I often think about that from our own business perspective and when I'm giving advice to anybody about digital, you know, you can't not be in the high street or an independent anywhere and not have an online presence as well. Yeah. Um, and that's why we did a little bit of work to try and, you know, get websites built for small businesses who perhaps had never been online before. We started doing some work around that, didn't we? And um, from a business perspective, I don't know if it's um, the merge that we've had earlier this year and the fact that we're grafting, um, the fact that businesses are pivoting tomorrow online, but we're busier than ever. We are busy and ever, and I'm very, very grateful for that. But I will, I will stand by the fact of how much we have grafted. Mm-hmm. We've turned up every single day on social media. We've turned up in, you know, our website writing blog, helpful, hopefully helpful and educational um, blog posts around digital marketing and web design, etc. You know, trying to help people and the the one to one conversations that we have in our networks. We've done the best that we can to help and advise people. You know, without charging. You know, spending half an hour, an hour on Zooms with people, um, and we really, really have put in the graft. It's not just come at our door and we're like, "Oh, where's all this come from?" Mm. We've continued to show up and be there and be visible for people. Um, and so, lots of this business is coming back that you know we, we continue to graft for and really continue to have um, conversations with. You know, we, we kept that we kept that communication pipeline going didn't we yeah we're a little bit frightened as to how should we keep talking to people who who aren't actually clients yet um but shall we keep reaching out to them with snippets of advice and saying we're still here if you need us that type of thing and um and yeah we are actually busier than ever and we want to be because we've got a passion as a team to help people Mm -hmm. because we know now that they need it more than ever um so so yeah i guess that's where we sit don't we and it's great that we're busy because it we keeps us out of trouble. Um, I've obviously been back in Leeds now for a month and it's been nice to be back um, seeing some friends and different things. Uh, but that's all, that's all I can never really think of what's going on in my world, really. Um, but topics to discuss. So today, talking about more topical issues, digital, um, tech. In this episode, we're going to discuss the Black Lives Matter movement, we're also going to discuss things that have stemmed from that, including some fact-checking of posts that are happening on social media, that both and Facebook and Twitter's different approaches. We're also going to discuss the coronavirus track and tracing app or the failure of it in the UK. And then we're recording on Tuesday the 23rd of June. And yesterday, Apple had a worldwide developer conference. So we're just going to touch on a little bit of some of the new Apple updates that are coming and I thought maybe we could talk about how, you know, just about Apple as a company a little bit. But I'll get into that when we get to I wanted I wanted to talk about some um, some Google changes, some Google search changes that are coming. Okay, so let me just... With, this isn't particularly digital or tech news, but I think that the world that we live in now is very different and movements such as the Me Too and now Black Lives Matter, I think, are very much influenced by how clearly we can communicate these days um, across the internet. And I just think, obviously, since we last recorded, there was, and I will call it a murder, there was the murder of George Floyd and the aftermath and the black lives matter movement which has just been took the world by a storm really and i just wanted to discuss how we what we thought about it um how we think businesses can respond and also i do think that these things happen a lot more rapidly now we're in such a digital world the response, I mean. I'm the not necessarily, I'm I mean, not necessarily, I actually... Oh, sorry, more the reaction, I mean, not necessarily the response. I think the response and the dismantlement of 
you know, kind of white supremacy that still does exist across the world takes a lot longer. But I mean, the initial reaction to these things happens a lot more quickly these days. It definitely does. And I mean, I woke up that morning and saw that video on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, It is one of those weird, you know, I often, you know, say it's a bad thing or a good thing. But the first thing I do is check my emails in bed and check, check my Instagram and, yeah, it's a, it's a bad habit, but I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, check to see if everything's, you know, the website's working, our our social medias are all working, and if we've had any overnight message or anything, that's that's how I operate. That's what I do first thing. And um, I saw the uh, IGTV video pop up of it happening, and it was one of those strange things that you were almost, well, I certainly was, almost pulled into it somehow mm-hmm. because I actually was willing, you know, that policeman to stop doing what he was doing mm-hmm. as the video, you know, moved along. And that sense of overwhelming sadness that I felt when I realised that he had actually stopped his life, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't believe that I was a witness to that. And that's how I felt ever since, a a witness in a way. Um, And so obviously there was the uproar, like you say, and the the backlash and the reactions to it all. Um, And you can't actually grasp that these things are allowed to happen to anybody, to anybody. Mm. Um, But then what I wanted to do was to, educate myself I had a real appetite then to educate myself about it and you and your brother and my friend Megan my young friend Megan um who you went to school with I always say you're actually my go-to's on those sort of things that I want to educate myself about Mm -hmm. um because I love your perspectives on things um and so yeah it's been a constant trying to educate myself more about you know, how how much black people have been persecuted, you know, dragged to a land that they never wanted to go to, taken there by force, settled, and then never being given the chances that everybody else has been given in that same place. And then figuring out the, the, the story of white supremacy and how, you know, we've done what we've done through time, through centuries of invading places and doesn't really make you feel very proud. No, um, no, not at all. We, we, we're, a, we're a product of that, so we can't actually change that. And, you know, then when you watch the um, how it all unfurls about, you know, the, the um, statues being knocked down and calls for different statues to be locked away and dismantled, etc. And, yes, I do think there is a place for maybe putting some of those things in museums so that, future generations can can learn all about it. But I do think that we've got to learn from it. We've got to be educated. I I, I read something where somebody said, oh, if we just got rid of um, outfits and everything, you know, that story couldn't continue to be told. Mm -hmm. And I know there are some strange people in the world that think that never happened. Um, But, you know, we, we can only learn and evolve and educate and improve ourselves by knowing what the bad and the good that's happened in the past. I agree on that. I think um, that we don't necessarily have to have statues to remember our history. I don't walk past a statue of Winston Churchill in London and that makes me remember what what he did for us during World War II. I know what he did. I know what he did in World War Two because of being taught it at school. Do you know what I mean? I don't need I don't necessarily need I don't need a statue. Yeah, but um, I mean we touched on that. You know, I touched on that on a couple of posts that I wrote myself on social that I had next to well, not next to zero, zero education on black history of any kind mm-hmm. other than I knew that 
such a thing as black slaves did exist in America. Yeah. That that was probably the 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 limit of my understanding of any type of black history. I knew nothing at all. I still know very little about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's a process, isn't it, now of educating ourselves more so that so that we can help. Um but education is key and I know a lot of things happen in the home, but we've we've got we've got to educate. Is that it's that what happens because as everybody says Babies, children aren't born racist. Hmm. Doesn't it make you sad to think that they're taught it? It's not even like I was never taught ever, you know, to be racist. But somehow, once you become conscious of your own uh, thoughts and feelings, as you grow up, you you do have these. Un- I mean, I would like to think I have quite limited unconscious bias, but I know I have unconscious bias, whether mm-hmm. that's to do with race or any other kind of mm-hmm. anything else. But it's, you just do, and I just wish... When I, when I watched that video, it was one of those things that you kind of watch and you just feel like you want to take on the world. Oh, no. Wanted, like, it makes you angry, doesn't mm. it? It makes really you really want to be like, what the hell is still going on? And I mean, that's one thing we have been up to. I think we both watched that documentary 13th on Netflix mm-hmm. and the way how the American system pretty much got rid of slavery but then turned to mass incarceration as a way of... Yeah. of just just reinvented of, slavery, basically. Kind of, yeah, just, 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 it's not called slavery anymore, but it practically is. It's absolutely mm. shocking. And I don't, I don't think them. we have necessarily the same issues as america not that it's a competition um but i do think there are terrible racial injustices in this country um if you look at the windrush scandal recently mm-hmm. and all those kind of things we've got a horrible history of colonialism and imperialism um and it does just kind of like make you check yourself. it's like where we're from in middlesbrough captain cook he didn't discover wherever he discovered there was already already indigenous people there all that's basically saying is a white person discovered it it wasn't important enough until a white person got there yeah and it's just but it makes you feel you know as a white privileged person it makes you feel pretty like pants about stuff I mean, you know, you know that you know that feeling, don't you, of feeling left out? And we've all experienced that in a very small way, haven't we? I mean, I'm not trying to compare it. Yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to raise what some of those emotions feel like when anybody gets left out of anything. Mm-hmm. That's like a tiny percentage of, of you know what somebody who is going through. At least, at least when we're through. left out, it's never. Or if if somebody, it's never really to do with our race. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Our race, the colour of our skin, isn't another determining factor. So. And to think, you know, when I, I mean, I loved that book, didn't I, Sapien? Mm. And I read, and I know I I still haven't started book number two, but to think that that's where, you know, the heart of Africa is where humankind evolved from. Mm -hmm. And what made us, what, what made us, change like this yeah. but you know our skin colour is about mostly I believe about where we live our skin is the way it is because of where we live geographically mm-hmm. you know and it's just bizarre so it's how bizarre. do you how do you think that business I mean we've kind of We've put posts out to say that we stand with the movement. We've said that we will educate ourselves constantly, listen and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there's a split, there is a place for businesses of all size to stand up and, you know, just and just to to make change happen. I think it's that um, you know that combined voice that always works with everything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, if you can have a voice, and we always said personally that, and as a family, I'm always proud of you guys as my sons, that wherever you've seen injustice, you've called it out. Yeah. And you know, I feel proud that you, your dad and I have brought you up to be 
young people like that that exist in the world like that that you will call things out you won't just stand by Mm -hmm. and I actually feel quite positive for your current generation because I think if there is to be change it's it's probably going to start with you you guys your generation the youngsters now yeah Um, and, and and that makes me feel very very inspired and positive for a future world um but you know you just see some really sad things i you know i watched i watched somebody being um filmed on the news about you know he was talking to a younger black guy and saying oh i'm 40 now how old are you 19 well when i was 19 i felt like you nothing's changed then he was having an exchange with a guy who said he was 55 and he said look you're 55 i'm 40 he's 19 nothing has changed throughout that time mm. um and it's just just calling it out and just educating and i just can't <laughs> I, I can't imagine it like going back even like i mean i'm going to use real housewives as an example like obviously because we we do love it and when i've watched scenes on atlanta when the mums have to have conversations with the sons about and how they've always say the thought of them like their mother's worst nightmares the thought of him being pulled like their son's being pulled over by a cop i'm like how the hell i know how the hell does this even happen i mean i think you know the things that we had to teach you guys you know like not talking to strangers and that was always our main worry Mm. if you would go out and you would talk to somebody and they would try and take you away Mm. um but then the, the then add to that a layer of something because the colour of your skin, um, it just doesn't bear thinking about as a as anybody a parent. I think we could we, we struggle, don't we, to like try and figure that why and how it continues to happen, and um, and yeah, it's just calling it out if we see it and literally. If somebody chooses not to do business with us because they don't like what we talk about, then they're not our tribe, are they? No. No, that's very true. Like, if somebody, you know, I think sometimes, especially when you're quite early in business, you are a bit worried about, I hate even calling this, like, rocking the boat, because I don't even want it to sound as if this, what us saying on our own social, that we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, would put some people off us but it potentially would but like mm. I do not want to do I would rather my business go under than work with a load of clients that are, are just not nice to me you're not a nice person if you're not standing with or willing to educate yourself and learn and listen or you just you know to be silent now these days is to be complicit um and even if I'm ever in situations where so somebody says something that makes them uncomfortable, I will really try my best. I'm not saying that I will always, you know, put my head on the line and say, call it out, but I will try my best to call it out. And that, that stems into the business as well. If a client ever said something, I would be like, look, I do, do not say that. Like, come on, change. So, yeah. That's, that's just very small steps that we feel that we can help with even though they are tiny steps, aren't they? Oh, of course. Of course. Um, it it needs replicating millions of times, billions of times over what we're trying to do. Everybody needs to be doing it, checking themselves. You shared with me about that black curriculum, um, (laughs) not-for-profit business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting campaigning for, you know, black history to be part of the UK curriculum because that's where this sort of thing starts. You know, that awareness to be able to understand where we came from and how how we got here. Um, you know, that journey of anybody, it's so interesting. Mm. So interesting. You've got to know where you... Doesn't everybody yearn to know where they've come from? I think so. Everybody? Everybody should know history because they say, as isn't there a quote, you should know your history so you don't repeat the same mistakes again. Oh, no, I've not heard that, but that is a good one. Well, because you have to, and that's why there are some people campaigning, like, don't take statues down, don't do that, because if you ignore your history, then you're going towards repeating it again. But then on the same, like, I don't agree, because I 
I don't feel like I ever say in it, to be honest. It's like, very, very difficult because it's ingrained over centuries, isn't it? Like if I was, oh. if I was a black person walking through Bristol, and there was that statue celebrating him and his life when one of the main things he did was was a pioneer of the slave trade or something along those lines. They like I have no right to comment on how that person feels. Mm. Absolutely no right. No, it's it's you know it is it's it's just it's going to take a lot to change it. You know, and I I commented on my Instagram the other day that um, my feed had gone quiet. Okay, and that's what happens with lots of things on social media, isn't it? There's this outpouring of grief or you know anger, whatever happens, and then the feeds start to go quiet again. And I think that's that's got to be a change as well, where we've always constantly got to be talking about it. Because otherwise, but I'd like it, to think that, like, we've gone quiet. I've gone quiet over it on social. I'm not posting as much on my stories as I did before, but we're still having these conversations like us too. So I'd like to think that there are also people out there still having the conversations. They might not be posting and using the yeah. voice online as much, but. You know, it's like when you the can't me, use your like, voice, however you can use it. I think. Yeah, it's like when the Me Too movement happened, like when that started. Like, obviously, that was everywhere. Um, women and some men were sharing their experience of sexual um, assault and discrimination, and then that kind of stopped. But you do hear from people that Hollywood is slowly changing due to that movement. So hopefully, that will be the same well, with the Black Lives that's, Matter. That's, that's another big ask. You know, trying to change that trying to start turning that wheel in a different direction. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, anyway, I don't want to go on too much longer, but I just wanted us to... It felt weird when we're so online and a part of the online ether. Meet up in the conversation, so yeah, I totally get that. There's been that conversation for the last few weeks. I thought we would cover it, so... Yeah. So let's move on to some other news that mm-hmm. social media platforms are fact-checking more and more now. Um, and this stemmed from, I don't really understand American politics all that well, but Trump, I hate to even bring him up, but he is there. How um, does he? How does he get a mention in our podcast? I know, but he tweeted something okay. about fixed votes in California or something. So underneath, Twitter then did a fact-checking thing underneath his tweet to say that this wasn't true. Now, I do not think that social media... Facebook and Twitter have been a bit different about this. Facebook have been a lot more relaxed um, and said it's not really up to us to police the internet and Twitter are, are a lot more kind of, no, we should be fact-checking. It's not censorship. You know, you're not censoring anybody by calling them out on what they've said. Um, that's why, like, I, I think free speech is important, but what then if somebody spouts something off to me saying free speech, what they then have to understand that free speech is, is also I am free to respond. Mm. I am not mm. just... I don't know if... I don't, free, you can say all you want to me, but free speech to me is then I can then come back to you and call you out for it. And I think it's important... But what I think they've got to be seen to do is call, they have to fact-check everything. You can't just fact-check right-wing politicians. You also need to fact-check left-wing politicians. Do you need to start? What, you said fact-check? Fact-check. You also need to... Two words to string together there. You also need to fact-check, you know, if... It potentially if brands are saying that something that's not true and where do, where does it stop yeah if they're if they're talking about you know the the journey of a product from start to finish you yeah. know if it's organic if it's soil certified all of those types of things you know you you need to know that don't you mm. a fact check you know because brands i, I can't actually think of any 
off the top of my head right now, but I, I do know of brands that have been called out for saying certain things are not tested on animals, you know, that soil certified, all of those types of things that have actually been called out on those. So how, how do you, who, who's actually checking all of that when a brand says that's what they are? Well, like I've noticed on um, Facebook a couple of things, not necessarily to do with what brands are saying, but what people are saying. And underneath there is this fact checker comes up. In the UK, I don't know about anywhere else, but they're like an independent, an independent not-for-profit charity. So it's like a charitable act to fact check, which I think it's mad that we've come to a point in the world where there has to be charities now to fact check something. Fact check that somebody's saying something. But I just think I just worry. How did we get there? Because haven't we always told lies? I suppose most people would call it white lies. Oh, that's where I'm at. Like, oh, haven't we always spun things to work? Yeah. You know, like we've done it as a business. We'll say, like when I did the reviews on the podcast, like I could have said they come from worldwide, whatever. But all I did on the poster was just put what people had said. And they had said it, but it's how you... Mm. It's how you. It's like when you yeah, watch those. Yeah, how you spin it. We weren't lying. Yeah. We weren't lying at, at all. Of course, I said those quotes were from real people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you can go back to when when we talk about plugging testimonials and reviews into sites. And I always tell clients, you know, let's try and think about collecting some real reviews on Google for you and plugging them in or using a third party review tool where the person is responsible for leaving the um, review of, of their own volition, not not you actually, you know, getting it and keeping it and then adding to it to the website yourself. Because for very many years, people just don't even... I always say to clients, you can have it there as some content, but people generally don't look at it or believe it unless it's come from, you know, an outside source. And I guess that's why third-party review platforms came about, so that people could do that. Um but people are just so worried about what a bad review would look like and they've got no control over that. Mm-hmm. People are all about making this, you know, this perfect, perfect sort of bubble of what their life or their business or, you know, looks like, how it's perceived to the outside world and things do go wrong. And, you know, while we're on that subject of bad reviews, you know, I've known over the years when I've worked for different companies and especially in e-commerce where, you know, you'll just get, didn't turn on up on time, wasn't the right time. You know, some things are, are out of the retailer's um, jurisdiction. They're not their fault. But often it's the way that those reviews are handled that can turn that person then into a brand ambassador, mm-hmm. you know, because they think you're the best thing since sliced bread because of how you handled their particular problem. Um, so, yeah, I know that's gone a little bit away from what you were talking about, but it it is all that thing about... Um, perfection and how far can can you twist the truth I guess yeah without it having a negative impact on somebody else or something but this is where I start to feel like I'm in a black mirror episode because like you've got the president of the and then for people who can't see the the quotation marks that I'm doing of the free world um saying that he's going to go to war with twitter and all these big companies because they can't do this they can't they can't you know they're censoring what right anyone that's left right of center politicians blah 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 and it's like i feel like all the things that were in tv shows in the last 10 years are all starting to come true oh no it's fascinating isn't it when you when you look back and you say oh you you what oh no actually at this moment in time when you watch a movie or a tv show and you think you know, once over, you would say, oh, that'll never happen. And I actually feel like you can't say that anymore because there's nothing stranger than the truth, is there? But I think it, I do think it's important that social media platforms start to do this because, like, people have started, I think because we all use social so much, as when, whether we log on Twitter on the morning or whatever, we use it as our main source of information now. But it needs to be checked that it's true. Like you see these deep fakes where people have just took a small excerpt of a video, 
put their spin on it and then it gets retweeted. Have you had an example of it in your Facebook feed? I mean, I know you don't spend a lot of time privately on Facebook, but you had an example of it in your Facebook feed, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, you know, if you want to chat about that, however much you want to go into it, but just just to give an example of, you know, how old that particular post was that people had, had, had brought up and started sharing again. Okay, so... Um, it was uh, quite a few years ago now. There was um, Lee Rigby, the, um, was he in the army or the RAF or something, was mm-hmm. beheaded and killed by a terrorist outside of his army barracks. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a um, plaque put down, a temporary plaque put down for him. But news started going around when everyone's talking about removing statues, all of those kind of things. An old article of that, those that plaque being moved by his family, not by anybody else, started going round to kind of feed into the narrative that politically correct gone too far. Quotation marks again. Yeah, as um, if it was just happening. They're getting rid of the. They're getting rid of Lee Rigby statue as well. How disgusting! As if his, yeah. as if anybody would remove the plaque of somebody who was killed in cold blood, murdered. Um, mm-hmm. for being and all he had on was a help for heroes t-shirt the young lad like mm-hmm. he, the, I don't even think the guy knew he was part of the British army he just was seen to be supporting the British army like why do people think why do people I mean I'd say don't they drink the Kool-Aid don't they so I do mm-hmm. think that these social media platforms have a responsibility to 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 start to fight back against these these deep fakes or videos taken out of context because you actually called called out didn't you you actually said i can't yeah put something on there to say that but but the thing is like journalists whilst they do spin things as well journalists are all accredited they all have to they, they all abide by some i don't know the ins and outs of it but they all abide by some code of conduct don't they whereas nobody does on social but you mm. can create just as much news yourself by putting out a video that might not even... I mean, come on, the news don't get it right, but at least we sometimes we can hold them to account. Sometimes the papers don't get it right, but they'll print an apology saying, we got it wrong. Where does that happen on social because media? You would, ex- you would expect that from a social perspective, your moral compass would guide you on that. Mm-hmm. But it seems that um, social media, again, in those quotation marks has removed that from us. Yeah. You know, we don't have that same sort of moral compass that we would have face-to-face on social media, and that therein lies the problem, I think. And, you know, not only was that that a very old post that had started being reshared, but it also was so far out of context because it was something that was to do with his own family. Mm. Um, it meant not, it had nothing to do with Black Lives Matter movement or white lines are just as important, all of that sort of stuff that people have been saying, mm-hmm. trying to jump on the bandwagon. So it's it's really serious stuff, isn't it? Well, but, it, it starts to interfere with elections. And, the, the I mean, to go really deep, it starts to f- interfere with democracy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty important to... Pretty yeah, I mean, I know the BBC, during the election last year, they started doing fact-checkers. So after... There had been, a, you know, when they do the, the televised debates, that I'd, then they'd go, like, to a spin room after and they'd be like, this is what Boris Johnson said. Is this actually true? This is what Corbyn said. Is this actually true? Because people need to start knowing what, what's true and what's not. The next thing I want to discuss is the NHS's Track and Trace app. This is a very deep podcast, but I want to discuss it because one of the first, I think the first episode that we did, we discussed how tech was going to potentially be a way out of lockdown. So listen to this shit show. Um, so it was, it was piloted. 
in May and it was ditched this month. Um, and the spin I kind of want to talk about on this is that, you know, we come across a lot of people, which I'm not having a go at them, that don't know a lot about apps, digital tech. We have to uh, quite often take our clients on a journey mm-hmm. with it, which is totally fine. Yeah, that's what I do. think the same goes for government. I think that... You need to take them on a journey. <laughs> that's what I'm, I like. You like to think that higher up, they would know their stuff. Mm. But it's cost £12 million for the taxpayer and it's not going to happen. So... Because they used a centralised system, whereas that means, let me just, I want to be factually correct here. Um, They used a centralised system, which means that the data, where it's using to, you know, Bluetooth, is all stored in a central place. So they've got all that data on you. So -hmm. under the centralised model, information about who people came into contact with would be shared in an anonymised form with the health service, Right. But in the decentralised model, which is what Apple and Google wanted to do, no data is held at all. It's all within the phone itself, mm-hmm. which is what... With yeah, privacy, we, thought, we chatted about yeah, that, didn't with we? With privacy the... concerns these days, that's what people want. So Germany, Italy and Denmark have all now switched to a decentralised approach. But we forged ahead with a centralised model, um, the NHS X, which is apparently the digital arm, of the NHS was developing it and it has now been dropped. Um, so Why is it that we seem as if we always, as, as decision makers at government level, always seem to want to go against what everybody else is doing? In this country? Yeah. That's how I it seems to me. In this country, obviously, we've got such an affinity and love, rightly so, for the NHS that, mm. you know, it was a, it was, it was a, what can I say? It was a experiment after World War Two, wasn't it? I think. Um, yeah. Seen as so crazy socialism. Nobody sh- like how are people allowed? Everybody allowed free at the point of use healthcare, but it well it, it worked. No, it has, it's, used as, it's used as a model across the yeah, world. Yeah, it, it has its flaws. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it, it yeah. like it, it has worked, and we love it in this country. So I think they just wanted to use the NHS's digital arm. But like I think about how the NHS was hacked the other year and the reason it was hacked is because they were all using a really old um, version of a Windows product and it was really vulnerable to attacks. And I'm just like, how does this, how does this happen? Like mm-hmm. this is the NHS, like how um, we have never been more up against it as a world, really all, all collectively going through one thing, but that we still... Because somebody's responsible for the ultimate decision and often, the, you know, why you say, oh, my goodness, why were they still using that? Because obviously it's a financial implication that, you know, that guides those decisions that people make. Mm. Um, and I think everybody always, no matter whether it's a one-man business or whether, you know, it's a conglomerate, whatever it is, um, try and wing it. Yeah. I think there's something about the very nature of us um, that we try and wing things. Mm. Well, I've started reading that book. um, What's it called? Something, give a F. F, The subtle art of not giving a... Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the first bit is all about... I don't really want to swear, so I I don't want to have to try and beep it out. Um, Oh, beep it out of the editing, I get you. But um, it was just like, so that that first chapter, I've only read the first bit, it was all about people are at the best when they don't overthink it. They just get out of their own way and just get on with it and, and they stop caring so much. Like, the best work you do is when you're not really overthinking it. And oh, I just wow. Think, but then I wonder if it's the so, with this NHS app, they're so worried about getting it wrong that they're so, like, in the head. But then they've ended up getting it wrong anyway. So in its yeah. current form, this I'll create. So bear in mind, this app is meant to tell you if you've come into contact with somebody with COVID. Yeah, mm-hmm. in its current form, the app only recognised 
4% of Apple phones and 75% of Android phones, okay? So let's say the best case scenario, everybody had an Android, yeah? The app is only recognising 75%, right? So mm-hmm. if you came across, I don't know, say if, oh, this is quick maths. So 75%, say 100 people, yeah? Mm-hmm. 10 of them had COVID. Mm-hmm. You would only be told to avoid, like, there's two and a half people there. Mm-hmm. That if you'd have come into contact with them, you wouldn't have got a notification to stay away from them. What's the point? And what, you know, the, the spread per person, you know, when they show you those um, slides with the ratios on, mm. how that then permeates out the virus to people. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that could potentially spread quite rapidly again. I know, but at the minute now, the only track and trace thing we've got is by, and I just, like today, so we're recording this on the 23rd of June, uh, Boris Johnson has officially said that restaurants will reopen on the 4th of July. You have to say who you are, your phone number and your email address when you go into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So if there's an outbreak in All Bar One Leeds, you will then be contacted because you were there at the same... It's like we're going back. Like we're going backwards, taking everybody's phone and email address, all because... It feels quite clunky, doesn't it? Yeah, whereas, Does, this, the Google, yeah. <laughs> whereas the Google Apple model that they've tested identified 99% of phones. So it's like... Why do, oh, so does that work? That, does, that, does, does the Apple version work on the beacon sort of system, the signals? But it's Bluetooth. What, what do you mean by a beacon system? Well, I always just remember talking about beacon systems where, you know... Beacons are within, from an e-com perspective, when you're talking about, um, you know, if you've, if you've got a physical store and you want people to know that you've got offers on in your store because they're close by, mm-hmm. um, there was something that I've not read a great deal about, but it, it was some sort of beacon system where if you, if you walk past Topman, for example, mm-hmm. or if you were close to Topman, you'd start getting text to tell you what offers were on in that store. Well, um, so I've got an Apple phone, okay? So putting it like that, say say a top man was the only thing that made it trigger, okay? Mm-hmm. With the Google Apple model, if I walked past top man 100 times, I'd get a notification 99% of the time, okay? With the mm-hmm. NHS's app, I would only get a notification four of the 100 times I walked past. So whose do you want? I want Google Apple's. Obviously, because I want I want it to I want to be able to I want to be able to you know if because the way out of this is if we have smaller outbreaks in regional places we might have to slip back into a sort of regional lockdown rather than a full UK wide yeah, one exactly. and they've done they've mucked it up but mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not even trying to score like. Political points here because I don't think points, it is all new. It is all new. No, but not even that. I don't even that. think. I don't even think that. Let's say Labour, Keir Starmer is. I don't think they'd have been. It wouldn't have necessarily it worked. Be any better, no matter who it is. That's right. I'm not trying to. I'm not being like, oh, Boris has failed. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just trying to say that, like, as a collective, we just can't. We're not making the right decisions. We just never can seem to get tech and digital like digital infrastructure right ever Mm. and it goes back to our i think there needs to be like a curriculum or something taught about how digital works well we i mean especially you i mean obviously the age that you're at you know it wasn't that long ago that you were still at school and university Mm -hmm. um and if you were saying it at an age where lots of older people think or you know how all of these things work. So if you're still saying it... I know, but just because I can turn a Fitbit on without looking at the instructions doesn't make me mm. digitally literate, does it? Not at all. Not so at all. Just because I can read a book doesn't mean... You can always joke and say that, you know, you guys can, can do everything without looking at the instructions for anything. Anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you're spot on. I... It, it gets said a lot by many, many people that, um, you know, 
digital education, tech education is seriously missing from the curriculum. Mm. Um, Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Who knows? I mean, yeah. But I suppose that's... um, We just wanted to provide an update on where this track and... I think as we do the podcast, we should follow the, how this journey with it goes and see if it improves at all. Yeah, because we, we spoke about it before when we were talking about privacy, mm. didn't we? Whereas mm. now, like, if somebody actually rang me and said, oh, you've come into contact with whoever, you've got to self-isolate, I would question who it was ringing me. <laughs> I don't, I'd question that more than if I got a notification on my phone saying, look, you're in a bar and there was a couple of people who have now tested positive for COVID, you know, be vigilant, look out to see if you've got any symptoms, maybe even self-isolate. I would much prefer that than somebody potentially ringing me and going, hi, um, lad, you know, like, well, even how how did grandma react when somebody from the NHS rang her to see if she could get a product? Well, basically, she brought the phone down to me and I grilled him and asked him lots and lots of questions because even I distrusted it. I know, um, and really it was somebody asking to see if she was alive and well and could get her groceries, but... Yeah, and it was something as basic as that, but you're still very, very nervy about it. So if you were going to get several phone calls through the course of the 12-month period because of, you know, where you'd been eating and drinking and, yeah, just, yeah. it doesn't... It's very, very clunky. It's clunky, right. That's, that's, that's our favourite word, I think, at the minute, clunky. So the last little bit of news um, yesterday was the release of, it was actually really different. I watch all those Apple conferences. You don't, do you? I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I... So, that was the Mike Myers laugh decks. Yeah. So it was a pre-recorded one. Normally it's like dead, la- you know, like live and dead, like... They've got like microphones in and they're really and they segue really smoothly into like this like kind of Silicon Valley crazy they all look a bit like they could be a bit psychotic kind of Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? But this was all pre recorded and people have actually said they really liked it, but there was just a few um Where do you watch them? You can just watch them because you've got an Apple product, they give you a link because you're with Apple, so you could watch it on your phone. They don't give me a link. Well, you'll just, I don't know. You can just, you don't, they don't send you a personalised link, Mum, it's not a Zoom call. Um, But, so the next thing, but one of the, so there's loads of loads of different updates. There's a new iOS um, system coming on our phones, which is going to group your apps for you, depending on how much you use them. Um, and different things but the one of the main things is is the taking on google translate so talking about how the world digital and tech can keep the world moving and progressing um it i could go into a say if i was on holiday in spain i could literally just say to my phone this is what i want to say to them and it says it straight to them i've actually seen that happened on a tv show and i thought it already existed well I, so google translate does exist but apple are obviously want their own version and they're going to put it in all of their um all of their devices and i just think i wonder if it'll take the need of anybody wanting to learn languages learn a language yeah because like why well, you know like they say oh nobody can write anymore because everybody's yeah. typing what's the point in learning a language if, a language anymore that's yeah. so interesting isn't it i know I, I do find so. that I do find that fascinating because I know even by my own handwriting, you know, years and years ago, people used to ask me to write on cards for them and everything because they were saying, "Oh, your handwriting's lovely." Hmm. And now, because I hardly write anymore, everything's done on the keyboard. Hmm. Now I get accused that my handwriting looks like a what used to be known as doctor's handwriting, which used to be a term for it being illegible. Your handwriting is appalling. I know. And I actually think that's because I, I hardly write anymore. Mm. 
I do everything, everything on my phone and my laptop and my notes. I can't even if if I walk if I write something and then I go the next morning to look at it. Sometimes even I have a problem figuring out what I've written. Mm. So, and it's like that. Do you remember that movie? What was that? What was that Pixar movie where everybody? Inside Out. No, no. Wally. Wally, that's it. <laughs> where everybody ends up with with really really thick jam jar specs because they can't see anymore mm-hmm. and and they hover about on things don't they yeah um because literally we we lose the ability to, to do any of the normal in day to day interactions that we we take for granted um and you just think god when we were talking earlier about things coming true Mm, I know, but what I find fascinating what I find fascinating about these when they release updates is a lot of it is like most of it is is consumer driven. So like Mm. that's what people want, so they kind of do it. Sometimes they try to predict what's what the consumers want, don't they? It often doesn't work then, does it? No, because like things like they've said, our voice search is really going to kick off. But you know the way they talk about it, you thought they were thinking that everybody's search on Google was going to be via voice. Mm. You know, but I reckon probably the percentage is still pretty pretty small. And don't they say, haven't they tried to force that by practically giving away Alexas and... Well, yeah, but it, it still hasn't really... I wouldn't say I do many voice searches, would you? No, I sometimes ask them what the weather forecast is and that's well, about no, it. No, but even on your phone, do you, vo- do you voice search products or do you no. type it? And mostly that thing in the kitchen, I just use it for Spotify for playing music. Yeah. That's it. And I'll tell you, I do like one bit of react, reactive um, things that they've done. You know the memojis where it's you? Mm-hmm. They now wear masks. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, they'll all have, they can, you can put masks on yourself and do... Don't you think, I, this is something that comes into my mind on a daily basis, how weird that we're all wearing masks now. You know, it'll I be a, it'll it be a part of history that will be looked back back on, won't mm. it? Not we, but, you know, obviously when people are learning about history, they say, oh, and in the year 2020, there was a global pandemic and, you know, all the things that they'll be retelling. It's it's absolutely fascinating. And I, and I know we're all part of history and we're all on that journey with new technology and new things all the time. But this is a very specific one, isn't it, that affected the whole the whole planet in one go. Um, no, I don't think there's been much in history. Um, where but it's affected so many people in one go. Yeah. yeah. Like even the world wars, there was outliers of people that weren't really that involved. But And I have to keep like... checking and saying, you know, you keep seeing people just as matter of fact as if it's normal, we've all got masks on, we're all doing this. And, you know, it's something to be said to us as a, as a, as a race, as a species, how adaptable we are. Mm. Aren't we? So I tell, I'll, I'll see if I blow your mind with some of these things. Other last couple of things that we don't. Neither of us are very like. I don't ever see you and Dad having one of these smart homes where you get loads of light bulbs that you can turn on with your phone and all that stuff. I mean, we have one. Alexa, we have one Alexa bulb in our in our flat that we asked to turn on, but this I thought was amazing. So with Apple now, you can get doorbell cameras. You have been able to for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But now <laughs> it's going to tell you who's at the door because it's going to recognise the face. Wow! So it'd I, be could, like, yeah, I could have done with that yesterday. I know, but it, it <laughs> like it, it's going to be like Declan's at your front door. Come on, like go and answer or unrecognised unrecognised face at your front door. So then you think, oh bugger it, I'm not going. Um, but no, just like everything through your phone, like car keys now through. You can unlock your car through your Apple phone. Um, if, you've got a security, if you've got a security camera set up, you can now limit areas to just specific sections of the video stream. So motion alerts only when something enters your garden, for example, but not every time a car drives past on the street, just barely. Oh, Dad would love that because he'd be watching for the cats. Yeah, so you could specifically <laughs> look for an area where the cats plants. are shitting on his plants, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, yeah, that was quite some... some it is. I, I absolutely love all of this tech. I think it's amazing. 
Yeah. And never ever tire of finding something new out. I just, yeah, mm. love it. I guess it's why I do what I do, even at the age I am. I think we've both got brains where we we like it and it excites mm-hmm. us rather than frightens us. us. And... Yeah, because some people it frightens and they go, oh, it's not like it used to be and it's all happening too fast and, yeah. Well, actually, I saw a book, I've told you, that argues that humans are actually moving now at a slower pace than ever before. So, really? Yeah, I was going to try and potentially get them on as a guest, but that's me waffling. But, um, but yeah. Oh, we'll have to have, yeah, that would be interesting. Okay. We can start getting some guests. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm just going to end stop recording. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's In The Jeans podcast. You can follow both of us on Twitter. I'm at Declan E. Williams and you are before ended you can also follow our business at the digital gene please like share and write a review for this podcast using the hashtag it's in the jeans pod we've not had any reviews recently Declan please if you're listening let's have some more I think you find we have had a recent review but I'll leave you to go on oh I haven't had a look for a while well about three days three days right okay alright yeah look quite often yeah we do need some more so that we greatly appreciate that thank you bye Thank you. See you next time.